Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Things like going out to eat and that kind of thing. We both kind of default to him paying for it as a holdover from when I was making thirty thousand. So it's it's just yeah. an interesting thing that we're figuring out together. But for the so big a stuff, little bit of a dynamic shift, right? Because yeah, he was the breadwinner, and now you guys are like spot on on being equal. Hello, and welcome to Planetary's podcast, Future Rich. I am your host, Barbara Ginty, and I am also a CFP, which is a certified financial planner. And I'm a SEPA, which we'll get into another time. And I'm here with my guest today, Lola. Hi, Lola. Hi. I love your fake name. Thank you. I'm going to jot this down. It's definitely, I don't know, it like gives me vibes of like some lady like living in coastal Spain. Like 100%. Okay. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> living our dream. Yeah, living a dream. So it's really, I'm just like really loving it. Um, okay, so tell me a little bit about yourself. Usually we do like age, relationship status, job, income, all that jazz. Okay, awesome. So I am 30 years old. I'll be turning 31 this year, which is just kind of crazy, but awesome. I'm excited for the 30s. Um, and I... So I live in a pretty high class of living area. I live in Seattle and I am married. I've been married for almost about two years. So nice. um, but we've been living together for like five. So <laughs> and then um, I am a scientist actually Ooh. and super fun. But because of that, I'm excited to talk about like I mean, the whole grad school process, having very little income, and now what to do with all this money, make it work for me kind of thing. Amazing. Um, but yeah, that's my job. What, what kind of scientist? So I am, I'm trying to think of, so I'm a disease biology scientist. I work at a biotech company. And um, basically, my job is to kind of see if our drug candidates are going to actually work against the diseases that we're targeting. So it's a really rewarding job. Oh, yeah. And is it like a certain, I don't know, genre is probably not the right word, but like a certain type of disease? Like, is it cancer or like autoimmune? So like, do you have a specialty? Does that make sense? Is that great question? That is, yeah, okay. that is the right question. It's, um, I'm working right now on a rare genetic disease. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's super fascinating. Super Okay, so first off, can we start with Seattle? Because I am like really yeah. deep into Love is Blind at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> yes, me too. <laughs> me too. Okay, so like kind of a side tangent because I thought the explanation <laughs> from Kwame of Seattle, you are just overpriced. You are, what did he say? You are Lamar Odom, but trying to be Michael Jordan or some some sort of analogy that was just like oh my god this is amazing he was like you're just overpriced Seattle like I just can't with that you so so funny it definitely is it's a high cost of living area and part of that is that that's changed really quickly so okay. in 
I previously lived in Boston for like six years. And I mean, it's really expensive there too. But the thing is like that it has kind of been the norm in Boston for a mm-hmm. long time now. And everyone is used to, oh, you might have to live an hour away to actually like afford a house, that kind of thing. And then yes. when I moved out to Seattle, there's been such a huge boom of tech influx mm-hmm. Where like the place that I did my PhD, there was lit- it was literally like a parking lot ten years ago, and now the entire neighborhood is full of Amazon buildings. So oh it's just it really changed everything. Um, people's property values have increased like two or three fold wow. in like ten or fifteen years. You know, so it's like if you bought mm-hmm. a, I saw a tweet one time I think that was like. If you want a secret to become a millennial, just go back to night. Or sorry, I'm not a millennial. Yeah. <laughs> if you want a, a secret, if you want a secret to become a millionaire, just go back to 1990s Seattle and buy a small bungalow, and then <laughs> in 2020 you will be a millionaire. Don't worry. Yeah, it's it's been. I I think it's just the speed with which it's all. It happened crazy. crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So, so Kwame is right. It is over. (laughs) Yeah. And it's funny. So when I was looking for jobs, I was also, for example, looking at the Bay area, like we were potentially open to relocating and, you know, it's the cost of living, of course, in the Bay area is even higher. So then it really ended up making sense to stay here because it has become a little bit of a, a hub for science and biotech too. There's Which been. is great for yeah your field exactly yeah okay amazing well I'm excited to dive into it so are you renting or do you were you one of the lucky owners of Seattle so we own which is oh, huge that's amazing we're not we're not from before though so we did you know it was very much like a high price home but still huge still uh yeah huge kind of milestone for us so yeah, right now. Milestone. We, when I moved here, I rented, of course, um, in grad school and then started dating my now husband. Um, he had some assets. I, I did not. Uh, so he <laughs> was actually able to buy a condo while we were dating. I want to say like 2019 or so. Okay. And then that ended up when we just bought our current house together last year. He was able to sell that condo for kind of a really high price because nice. everything had just increased like crazy. So there was a big benefit there actually. Um, but we bought a townhouse at the same time when prices were high, but the interest rates were low. So I was going to ask you, yeah, what did yeah. you get on your interest rate? <laughs> I think our interest rate is around like 3.7 or something like um, that. So you'll keep that forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously. <It's> amazing. <laughs> I've heard people being like, well, we'll just wait till interest rates come back down. And I'm like, down to where? That right. We, that, that had never existed. I don't think that had existed in anyone's lifetime. So yes, yeah, if you're able to like, I don't know, freeze yourself and come back in a hundred years, yes, that might happen <laughs> again. But I don't, and I could be wrong and somebody could pull this podcast in the future and be like, you were wrong. I very well could be wrong. I don't think we're going to see two to 3% interest rates. Yeah. in our like when it's advantageous like when you're a young person like yeah maybe when you're retired it happens again but yeah, yeah. in retirement you're it's a different stage of your life so it's not as advantageous at that stage of your life it's more advantageous when you're younger and trying to purchase your first home right so yeah. that's fantastic and i will say to make people 
like I do think in life it's always a trade-off and so prices are higher but we got the low interest rate right mm-hmm, so that mm-hmm. is kind of the trade-off because like I think you also see a lot of people talking about like when our parents bought homes or grandparents it was so cheap but right. like, my dad's first home the mortgage rate was 18 percent. so yes it was cheap but like it had to be cheap because the rate the interest was 18 that's insane like that's yeah absurd. that's such so, a good point yeah that, that was the the reverse right so home prices were cheap but people still had a, still struggled or some people still struggled because like at 18 percent interest that's not including property taxes or homeowners insurance it's just the interest on your mortgage and that was really high it was like I think they, for a while, they were like between 16 and 18% for mortgages. Um, Yeah, you could, but you could also get a CD for like 15, which was kind of cool. Okay. I gotcha. Yeah. So I think that's fantastic. You locked in and you do a 30 year? Yes. 30 year basis rate. Perfect. Okay, great. Um, All right. Well, let's dive into the numbers. So when did you get the new job post grad school? Yeah, great question. So I graduated in 2021. So I started my job later that year. So I've been here for about a year and a half now. Perfect. And then what do you make as a scientist? I make 130,000 base. And then I also have like a bonus that is like above 10%. So it ends up being closer to 145,000 per year. Perfect with your bonus. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. Which is crazy because I was just making like $30,000 in grad school. It's a big jump. It's a big jump. That's amazing. Well, well deserved. Um, That's fantastic. And then I always like to ask, what does your, you said husband, what does your husband do? What does he make? And then how do you split by, like, how do we, how do you want to run down your finances? Yeah, great question. So he right now works as an account executive for a tech company. Um, And so it's kind of, it's like a sales position. And his base, I think, is around 70,000, but he will be taking home almost double that with the commissions and bonuses from sales. So I think that a safe bet is that he could pretty much match my, my income. Our, okay. um, Amazing. our combined income last year was 230 because we just did our taxes recently. <laughs> oh, amazing. Okay. So combined income last year was 230. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. And okay. then in terms amazing. of splitting things, we have a shared account for the things like mortgage and dog walker and cleaners and things like that, um, where we both just kind of transfer money in there every month and then those things okay. come out of there. So for the big things, that's how that works. And we each just do 50-50. Um, and Perfect. then it's actually interesting. It's kind of a funny thing that's carried over from my grad school that we're working on reworking. Okay. Things like going out to eat and that kind of thing. We both kind of default to him paying for it as a holdover from when I was making 30000 So it's, it's just yeah. an interesting thing that we're figuring out together. But for the so big a stuff, little bit of a dynamic shift, right? Because yeah. he was the breadwinner and now you guys are like spot on on being equal. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's really interesting how the changes, like we work through them and figure it out. Perfect. Okay, so let's 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 run through it. Um, so, what do you bring in? I I like to do it monthly. We can also do it by pay period if that's easier for you. Cool. What do you bring in on your net from your pay for your pay? So my net. Okay, so right now I have twenty percent of my income going straight into my four hundred one k. Oh my god, I love I love that. 
love <laughs> I that. Just that decided makes me to very know. happy. <laughs> Go for it. So that, and that actually right now is a Roth. And it's all Roth. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. I like literally just had this conversation. So for those listening, I was like 10 minutes late to meet Lola for our call. And I was literally having that conversation as I was sitting in traffic on the way back um, of like, <laughs> what is the right answer? Roth or not Roth? And my yeah. ultimate. Okay. So I, and I feel like sometimes, you know, not to hate on men, but like just come from it from a different perspective, I look a little bit more like hard and fast, like this is right. That's wrong. And uh-huh. I just don't come from that belief system. I really think that what's right for you isn't necessarily right for someone else. You have to choose what is the best path, knowing that there are multiple ways to get to the same point. And so I have always said with Roth that I love it. And I think Mm -hmm. if you can do it, it's amazing. A lot of people struggle with the budgeting aspect of it because a dollar in the Roth is a dollar out of your pay, right? Versus the pre-tax. But I think that you're in a very unique position because you haven't been making money. So this is all new, right? Yeah. (laughs) So like we might as well just put it all in there. Yeah, that's how I've been feeling. Okay. It was like when I started getting my bigger paychecks, I was like, whoa. I mean, yeah, I was living on during grad school, I was taking home about 2400 a month. And it truly was like paycheck to paycheck, even with sharing expenses with my now husband. So I have now had the flexibility to basically add some to my like lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And also just put away $1,000 every single paycheck to is a little bit higher now, but $1,000 every single paycheck just because you can, I don't need to see it. Yeah. <laughs> I really like this idea. People struggle with the Roth just because of the paying the taxes on it and then having to contribute to it. While you're comfortable, I would yeah. do that because you can always adjust it in the future if you need to take home more. You can always say, I'm going to go 10% Roth, 10% pre-tax or whatever. Yeah. You can always adjust. You're not permanently locked into this, but I agree with you. I think that's fantastic. Cool. Awesome. That's good to hear. So 20% into the Roth. And then do you have health insurance or? Yeah. Okay. Yes, I do. And it's um actually really, really cheap to me. The company pays for like 90% or something. I think like maybe 50 bucks comes out of my paycheck every paycheck for medical dental and vision it's like really well covered yeah which is kind of crazy it's really nice they also don't yet have a match for the 401k because we are a smaller company so i think they try to make up for it a little bit with the health stuff but <laughs> there is no 401k match yet that's okay it's still great to have a 401k versus not having a retirement plan which i've seen with smaller companies and i agree the health insurance can be pretty expensive 50 bucks a pay period for all of that's not a lot. Yeah. So I think overall, that's all fantastic. Okay. So then what are you netting with your pay? And then are you paid the first and the 15th or every two weeks? Yeah, it is one of those ones where it's like a certain date. So twice a month. Okay, so you have 24 pay periods. Yep. So right now I'm taking home about 2,800 per paycheck. That is 5,600 per month. Perfect. So yeah, you're right. You were used to 2,400 for the entire month. Yeah. So you're like, this is amazing. And that's after (laughs) putting 20% into the raw. That's exactly right. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, amazing. And so then let's talk about, do you want to go through like what your half of the expenses are? I actually use this really interesting banking app that I'm looking at right now. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's called Cube. No. And it's one of the, there are a couple of options of banks that have things that are almost like envelopes. If you remember like the old school cash envelope system. Mm -hmm. So I have literally like little budget accounts for like groceries versus gas versus Discover. Anyway, it's a cool system. Oh, perfect. So I can also see how much I'm spending on that stuff. So for the mortgage, it is about 2300 a month 
for my half. Okay. So we together we pay around 4600 but that's mortgage tax, all of that stuff. Okay. And then for the other big things like groceries, we think food is probably one of our biggest things where we might be spending a lot more than, okay. than <laughs> we maybe need to. Um, I think we spend about 200 a week on groceries together. Together. Okay. So that would be a hundred. Yeah. A hundred a week or 400 a month. Okay. And then I do have like a very small car payment. It's 150 a month. Okay. And my parking, because I park in like downtown Seattle. Okay. Is 200 a month. Okay. And then utilities, we probably spend together about 250 a month. Okay. So we'll put you for 125. And then like eating out. Yeah. So that's one where we started just kind of tracking it. And we have seen just by tracking it, it's happening less frequently. However, before this was a big part of our like fun spending we might be close to like 1200 a month together on restaurants like we were spending a lot on that but we've kind of been making it a little bit less now yeah with like city living I feel like I like to ask that because in cities I just feel like it's just more of a cultural thing in a city to like go out to eat yeah totally Okay, so with what you gave me, including six hundred, I put six hundred for eating out. That brings you to basically thirty five hundred in spending, and you're bringing in fifty six hundred. So it's leaving you with monthly about two thousand left over. Does that feel right? I think so. Because my next question was going to be like, do you have student loans or debt? Right, right. So my student loans are purely federal, which is a beautiful thing. Which is a beautiful thing. But because of COVID, and this is something that I want to talk with you about, the idea of starting to focus on getting it down and kind of how that might work between maybe I either do find more money in here or also change the 401k a little bit to then put more towards the student loans. There's been one student loan that I've kind of been chipping away at, and then the other ones have been totally in deferment for a long time because of grad school and then because of COVID, but that's ending. So I haven't had any payments due and currently there isn't interest being built, which is amazing. Right. Yeah. And so with the foreseeing that ending possibly in August is really great time to talk to you too about what I want to do because I've heard you talk before too about things like principal only payments and that kind of thing. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, well, maybe this is a great time to do that while there is not interest accruing. Totally. And then there's also, if this idea of federal forgiveness stuff goes through at all, at the time that it was started, I would qualify for that. I was going to ask. Okay. Yeah. Which would be a beautiful thing. But of course, I feel like we can't make any plans based on anything until it's It's been so hard because signed and done. Yeah. Because it's hard to make plans, especially with like legislation like that, that has to get approved. It can get tied up for years, which we're seeing. Okay. So wait, so tell me, so I love that it's all federal. It's amazing that it has an accrued interest. It's fantastic. So tell me how much you have outstanding with your student loans. I have about 40,000. Oh my gosh, that is so manageable. I was like really waiting for like a very big number. That makes me really happy to hear. Oh, and my husband does not have any, which is a huge blessing. And I'm also very jealous. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Yeah. So we're we're only dealing with mine. And not to say that 40,000 isn't a lot, it still is. But I was like really expecting you to be like 130 or like 160 or something. Um, I was prepping for a larger number. Okay. So <laughs> and, and the reason why I say 40 is not a big amount because if, if I'm just doing real very quick math here, 
here. Yeah. You have an extra 24,000 a year, technically speaking. I mean, I know we have other things we want to do with it. Basically in 24 months, you could be done with your loans if that's all you did. So cool. And I had kind of thought about that in the past, but I was like, maybe I'd have to cut down on the 401k and then like, how do I balance those things? But I feel like the number that we gave with the extra money left over, I feel like it's not quite that much. So I need to look at what the other things that I'm spending it on. That's fine. And we could also like, obviously with eating out, I put you down for 600. Like if that came down to 300 a month for eating out, so true, or 400 amount, that would change it too. So let's just keep that. Like I understand I, when I say that's why I said like, does that feel right? Because when you have an excess of cash coming in, it's very different than living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. If you spend an extra hundred dollars, it doesn't impact you really. Yeah. It's a little bit, I don't want to say it's a little bit harder to track. It's just a different mind space that you need to be in. Paycheck to paycheck is because I've been in that space too. Like every dollar counts. You have to be very cautious to not overdraft your account and you're very mindful. And it's a nice change of pace to, because you've earned it as well, like switching to this space where you have like extra income and like, it doesn't matter really at the moment. Like if you spend a little bit more on eating out or more on groceries, Mm -hmm. you don't have to be like, oh, I have to put this stuff back because like my total's too high and I can't go through checkout. So true. Yeah. And I, and unfortunately speaking to me, I'm going to spend some of your money towards some goals. Cool. I love it. That's why we're here. (laughs) But then we'll just like tweak kind of like, you know, eating out is like, is a luxury and like something you can do for fun and meet friends. But like, maybe you say to me, I also would really love to get rid of my loans. And I would like that to be a priority for a little time frame. Mm -hmm. It's not saying that we like cut down on eating out forever, but maybe we do that to like tackle the loans for a bit. Yeah. I like that. Okay. So do you have any other debt, not including the mortgage, just the uh, 40,000 in student loans? No which is huge. Oh, that's amazing. Okay. Yeah. I had like two grand of a credit card kind of thing that I just paid off with my most recent performance bonus. And that's been something that's pretty important to my husband and I, if there is any kind of rolling balance on credit cards to kind of get rid of it. So that's gone. He also doesn't have any other debt. So it's just the car payment and the mortgage and the student loans. Okay, perfect. So let's talk about assets. Let's talk about where we are with saving and then we'll kind of back into what we should do with the loans. One of the the huge benefits from um, my husband being able to sell that condo last year was that we agreed that he should keep some of that equity for himself mm-hmm. too. But then he also did put some towards us. And so with that, we have built an emergency fund. And so right now we have two months worth of kind of like required expenses, mm-hmm. which would be, we just kind of did the number 14,000. We have 14,000 right now in a high yield savings account, which is earning like 3.5% or something really cool. It's so nice. It's It was such a quick change, you know, from making nothing in the banks to now making something. I know. Which is really lovely. <laughs> right. Yeah, really lovely. Yes. So we have that. And then we also, we do have some more. And I think that we both want to build more months worth, put that into a relatively low risk ETF so that the idea is that we would have two months, like we could access it within 24 hours in the savings account we just talked about, but then also maybe have something with a little bit more growth potential. A little bit more growth. Yes. And, but always remember with growth always comes risk. So always know that. So if you can make more, you can lose more always bar none. doesn't matter in anything in life. Right. Yeah. I like that idea. So you keep two months in cash 
Do you have another two months ready to invest or that's the goal to build up to another two months to invest? We have an additional 12,000 together. Oh, amazing. Okay. And then I would also say, so if something like really hit the fan, he also has some of that money from his own equity within his own accounts. Like, you know, if we had to, but the goal is that he gets to keep some of that and we kind of start building up more together and together. Yeah. And we don't have any kids. The closest we have is a dog and we love her so much, but we we don't have any kids. So we're thinking that four to six months worth feels great. Like overall, I think that I would agree with you. I would target like the six months. Awesome. Okay. My attitude is no one's ever said to me, oh, I have too much cash. Yeah. Like, I wish I didn't have it. Especially, I think that we've seen recently, I think it's really driven home the importance of an emergency fund with COVID, right? Where people who probably maybe wouldn't have lost their job, it was not an emergency of theirs or their company, but they were impacted by a global emergency, which is very hard to predict a global emergency. Yeah, right. Because it's not within your world, really. You have no control over that. And so I think uh, living through COVID has highlighted how important it was to have that extra cash to feel secure when the world was like spinning out of control, really. We've also seen a really terrible market environment yeah, as well and a really tough time in tech. So true. Absolutely. I think erring on the side of having extra cash, I just don't see how you can go wrong. Now, the flip side is some stock jockey would be like, well, but you could have made more. Yeah, you can always make more. Always. (laughs) Like always in life, you could have always made more. But that's hindsight, right? Yeah. And you could also always lose it too. Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because these past few months, I've been prioritizing my health as I've recovered from a nasty case of long haul COVID. I love that it takes the mental work out of getting my vitamins and supplements in because with just one scoop of AG1, you're getting 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, and probiotics. It's been super simple to incorporate into my morning routine because there's virtually no prep required and it tastes great. Plus, it's way cheaper than a fancy coffee habit. If you want to give it a try, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash future rich. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash future rich to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So I'm just a really big believer in having a cash buffer. It also as a homeowner And with exposure to tech, which is a little bit of a volatile industry at the moment, you're not, but you could carry the mortgage on just your income. It would be a bit tighter, but you could, and then you'd have the emergency fund to offset that. But also with homes, when things go wrong in a home, it's never just like a hundred dollars. Yeah, that's a good point. It's always usually like, um, hopefully you don't have my luck or Potter's luck, the producer, but like anytime that things go wrong for us, it's always like a big ticket, crazy expensive thing. Like she had snakes in her house. I don't know if you listened to that episode. Not yet. Yeah, and her her husband does not like snakes. I mean, I don't know who likes snakes, but her husband definitely does not like snakes. <laughs> oh, no. And I don't know if you know this, but snakes can actually go uh, go up walls. I don't know how oh, they don't yeah. have arms. Yes, and so it was terrifying to find out there was snakes in their home. They were sitting on the porch, and a snake went in, <gasps> like in the foundation. And so, like hiring the snake charmer man to come rid the house of snakes was like really expensive. Yeah, like, not what you would think. And yeah, you don't want like a snake dropping out of your HVAC right. vent, you know. <laughs> I mean, that's no. terrifying. And like, not a $100 problem. You know, that was like a few thousand dollars, but like obviously became an emergency when they discovered there were snakes. Yeah. 
you have to fix that right and away. That's you you have to fix that immediately. And apparently with snakes, it's like not a company. It's like a guy. And so like you want it cash. Oh boy. Okay. And like most people don't have as terrible luck as me. And also Potter's had some pretty bad luck with stuff. So not the norm, but I just think, yeah, if you have to pay the snake charmer like 2,500, it'd be nice just to have it in the bank and it's there. Totally. I hope that never happens. Thank you. Me too. <laughs> I also think that you're less likely to have the big time emergencies. When you're prepared, the emergencies tend to be less severe, if that makes sense. And they tend to happen less than one after the other. It's like, I always feel like when people aren't prepared, you know, in a little bit over their head, it's like you're teetering on whether that's going to go bad or not go bad. It, what I've seen is that's when everything kind of goes at once, like when you can't afford it to. Right. So I always really like having extra cash. Cool. I would work towards six months. I think that would be really comfortable. The nice thing is you both have like very comparable income. Mm -hmm. So one of you could swing the mortgage if you had to. It would be tight, but you could make it work. So yeah, I would strive for six months. Awesome. Thank you. That's really helpful. We will do that. Amazing. Okay, so let's do retirement. Okay, so retirement, something that I'm really proud of is that in the last year and a half working at my new job, I have now 26000 That's amazing. Thank you. I'm really excited about it. And that's the one where currently 23% of my income is going to it. So my goal for 2023 is to max out the Roth 401k. Perfect. I love that. And then I also actually have a little bit from pre-grad school. After undergrad, I worked for a couple of years at a big university in Boston. They had a 403b option with a little bit of matching. It is up to 11,000. And then I actually have another one. So then I moved to a university in Seattle. Right before I started grad school, I worked before I started grad school. So that one has 4,700 in it. Oh, got little buckets everywhere. And then when you are a grad student, if you're doing a PhD in a STEM field, you get a stipend. That's the 30000 I've been referencing. In the university I was at, we're unionized. So we actually had this really interesting thing where we were considered academic student employees. So we got some of the pros and cons of both being a student and being an employee. It's kind of a weird situation. But one of those things is that for the employees, like I just mentioned, they did have a 403B and it was matched. But then during grad school, you can con contribute to this thing called a voluntary investment plan, but they don't match you because they don't consider you a full employee, which I'm just a little bit bitter about. But what I'm proud out of is that during grad school, I was able to still put like seriously, like maybe a hundred dollars a month into an account. And that one is now 10,000. Amazing. So I'm happy with that. Cause I feel like I kind of beat them at their own game where I was like, okay, fine. You're not going to match me. I'm going to still keep saving. <laughs> I'm going to still do it. I'm going to do it anyway. Okay. So do I have this right? We have the Roth 401k that in a year and a half at 26,000 approximately. Yes. The two 403bs, one's at 11, one's at 10. Yes. And then you have another account with 4,700. That's right. And is there anything else I should know about? I don't think so. Okay, amazing. So you have over 50,000 in retirement. Yes, which is great. I'm excited to hear that you think that's great because, you know, the old like old wisdom, let's say, of having one time your income by the time you're 30 is kind of funny if I consider my my income before I was 30. Previous, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> my income before I was yeah. 30 was like 30,000 ish. So I guess I, I have hit that mark. I you did proud. it. And then I guess the idea of the two times by the time you're 35, I'm like, oh my gosh, now that's like $300,000. And I think it's good to have a benchmark. And I like yeah. having a benchmark because I, I like to like kind of know where you're supposed to be. Yeah. But they also don't distinguish between the difference of a Roth and a traditional with those numbers. True. 
Yeah. And you're able, like, well, in your case, you're going to be able to max it out with the Roth. But like when you go to take that out in retirement, not that the Roth dollar is more valuable, but a dollar out of the Roth in retirement is a dollar in your pocket. And a dollar out of the pre-tax option, which would be your traditional option in retirement, is 80 cents Mm -hmm. in your pocket. Good point. Also remember that because it's like 50% of your retirement currently is Roth, which is impressive. Also, you haven't been making this money for that long. And so that number, I think, is really saying at the end of that decade of earning that amount, you should have saved X. Cool. Yeah, that makes sense. I see what you mean. You'll be able, like in a year and a half, you did 26,000. And so if you're putting, we just say approximately 20,000 in at a year and you're 31. So we do that in nine years, that's 180,000 you're putting in. Yeah. That's not including any market growth and you already have 50, right? Yeah. So that gets you at 230 with no market growth. So it is very feasible that with market growth, you get closer to 300 by the end of your 30s. Cool. That's a good point. Thank you. Yeah. And then that would actually be two times of your income by the end of your 30s. And then if you get to 300, this is where I really like compounding of interest. Mm. Not as complicated as science, let me tell you. But okay, so if you're 40 and you have 300 and you do nothing else, which I doubt it will be the case, mm-hmm. then you have 600 by the time you're 50, 1.2 million by the time you're 60, and 2.4 million by the time you're 70. And I say 70 because 70 is really the more realistic time mm-hmm. to be done working given longevity, right? Not that you, you didn't work prior, but like you started your career with the degree right. at, in your 30s, right? And so even if you did 35 years and you finish at 65, you maybe would do something, but maybe you don't touch your retirement for that next five years, it gives it more time to double. And that's if you stop saving when you hit 40. Right. That's such a good point. Using compounding of interest of 7.2%. Always really like, especially in your 20s and your 30s, to put as much towards retirement as you feasibly can. Because then if you need to tone it down in later parts of your life, because there's other things happening in your 40s and 50s where you can't put quite as much away, you've already set it up to continue making you money. Awesome. Making you a lot of money. So yeah, I think you're in the right spot. I love that you're going to max out the Roth. So now the only thing we really need to do, I think is tackle your student loans. Yeah, I think so too. Here's what I would do. And this is going to be a little bit of personal preference. And I really think personal preference should weigh heavily in terms of the decision making. Okay. I think for the time being, I would not make any payments on there because you said you would, if the student loan goes through, you would qualify for a loan forgiveness. So what I would do is I would take whatever's left over at the end of the month and I would target like 18 to 2000 Mm -hmm. or somewhere on the higher number. And it doesn't, you don't have to exactly hit that. You can go through once you set that number up. And even if you at the beginning of the month or every pay period, you put a thousand into your own high yield savings, you can set up a separate bucket for student loans. Mm -hmm. If you go over, just borrow it back from yourself. Like, okay, next month I'll do better. We went out more than I expected this month, whatever it is. Yeah. But if you start putting that money in high yield savings, then you can make a decision like when August comes around, which we have mm-hmm. a bit of time for that, like what do you do with this cash you have on hand? Do you make a one-time payment? Uh, does it look like they're going to be forgiving it and you'll have less to pay? Or That's how I would handle it. Awesome. I really like that idea. That makes a lot of sense because then it's like you'd also get practiced at paying that amount. So let's say something doesn't happen and they don't forgive anything, then it's like, okay, I'll already be practiced at seeing how that spending level feels if I could do like extra principal payments or that kind of thing. Yeah. And then you'll have like between now and August, like ideally you save up around 8,000, maybe Mm -hmm. a little more depending on how it goes. That's a good amount towards your loans, right? That's like one fifth you have saved up. Right. You make the determination at the time, depending on like, are they going to continue to defer the interest and the payment? Like what, what we don't know what's going to happen, but you have that cash available to make a decision when we have more information. And then what I would say is, let's say that starting September 1st, you have to make your payments. I would 
see what it would do if you just made a lump sum towards it. Like, what is your monthly amount going to be? Like, is it then 300 a month? And I would maybe, I'm on the fence about whether you just do the principal payments every month or whether you do the same thing and kind of put it in cash. I don't think we're going to have an answer on the student loan forgiveness by then. I think we'll know about the interest. Okay. But I don't think we're going to know about the forgiveness. And here's the deal. You can put... Like you can make your regular payment. You can even do a little principal. Let's say it's 300, you make 500. And then the other 1500, you still put into a high yield savings account. Because if you make a payment and then they do student loan forgiveness and you've paid it off, they're not going to rebate you most likely. (laughs) That's a good point. (laughs) They're just not, right? Because that's going to be the issue, right? Like you're going to qualify, but you have to have the loans. I doubt they're going to say like, well, if you were, you paid, if you got a second job and paid it all off within the last 12 months, we're just going to write you a check for whatever 10,000. Right. I don't see that happening. Yeah. So I would just keep that extra cash until you have more clarity and then do that same thing again. Like, okay, I've saved another eight or 10 grand. I'm going to wipe out the next chunk. And then that way you also have extra cash on hand in case something else comes up and you're practicing the budget. By doing that, I do anticipate that you would have these loans paid off within 24 months. Mm -hmm. Maybe even if it takes you a little longer, it's still not that long. It's going to go quickly. And then after that, you're used to being saving. So then just cut it in half and then save a thousand dollars towards whatever your next goal is after the loans are done. I really like that idea. And then, okay, something that I have a question for, for clarity. Sure. So my loans, let's say uh, 40,000. And I know that the amount that I potentially would qualify for, for forgiveness is the 20,000, which is like the full amount if you also got Pell Grants, um, which I did. So that 20,000 one-time adjustment or whatever that they're currently debating on is the piece that would be gone. I would still potentially have 20,000, but it would cut it in half. If we do what you just suggested, basically kind of save something up because it's not building interest right now and then make a bigger payment or something like that. Once August rolls around, it's like, I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't have to worry about overpaying them until I get to that 20,000 mark. Yeah. And I, and I would also make sure, you know, which ones are the ones eligible, mm-hmm. right? Cause there's a bunch, I'm sure. And the other thing is I, I was sorry, I was making the assumption you were going to be eligible for 10, not 20. Oh, so, so given that it's a 20,000, you could also do that exact same strategy and not make a principal payment. Just keep everything in cash until you know, mm-hmm. and then make your regular monthly payments, save up the cash over the next 12 to 24 months. Yeah. And then maybe they forgive 20, which would be amazing. And then you already have 20 saved and you just pay off the remainder. I like this a lot. Cause I would just, hate to see like you go through and budget it and then pay it and then you would have been eligible for it to be forgiven. That's why initially I thought it was sorry, I thought it was 10,000 you would have been eligible for. So that's why I figured if you made eight, that would bring it down to 30. You would Mm -hmm. still have 30 to pay and then be eligible for 10. Yeah. But 20 is a much more sick. I mean, it's 50%. So the nice thing with how the high yield savings accounts paying money is you can get, you know, four and a half. I mean, you can get a decent rate in the bank. And so storing cash, it's not even losing money. Right. So totally. And then it gives you that optionality. Once you have more clarity on what's happening with the student loans to like, do I make a principal only payment? Do I just keep the cash because I'm not sure what's happening? Awesome. Either way, I think you'll be able, I mean, gosh, you'd be sitting pretty if they forgive 20,000 and you'd be done in 12 months. Yeah, that would <laughs> be, be amazing. amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, Very cool. Yeah, I would just stockpile cash and then in August make a decision. And even if that's just, I'm going to make my monthly payments because this forgiveness is still on the table. And then just, there's nothing harm with waiting another six months so that you have more clarity. I always like having as much data as possible before making a decision like that. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense to me. And then in terms of also kind of putting some of this money aside for building that emergency fund with my husband too, I guess that's another 
question I have. So we, we talked about targeting the six month number. So I wonder if it would be worth also kind of using some of this leftover money for boosting up that emergency fund with him. Like basically we, we match each other. Yeah. And so that's why the nice thing about keeping the money for this, like if you start saving around 2000 a month yeah, okay. or even 1800 or 1700 even though it's, not, it's earmarked for student loans, if there were an emergency, it would go to that first. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I would just keep storing the cash. And then that way, then you can make an educated decision of like, how is the stability, you know, of our, of our jobs currently? Like, does it make sense to put 10,000 towards my loans? It's just hard to say, just not knowing, you Mm -hmm. know, what's happening, but having that cash, should there be an emergency? Let's say in August, your husband, God forbid, loses his job. Right. Well, then obviously you're not going to make an $8,000 principal payment on your loan, right? Like you would keep that, you would just keep that in cash until he was employed again. Cool. That's a good point. Because cash is cash. Like even in your head, if it's meant for something else, if there's an emergency, then it's better to have that for living costs. Absolutely. I like that a lot. That sounds really freeing too, to kind of like have it and have it earmarked for things, but also know that it can, it can kind of flex as we need it to. Yeah. It can shape shift if you need it to. You know, this past year we got to do a lot of travel, which was really, really awesome. And we don't necessarily have a lot of travel planned up and coming, but we definitely, it's something that we value that we want to be able to do in the future too. So that might kind of, we wouldn't use that emergency fund money for that, obviously, but (laughs) the, um, yeah. And then you would just take a month off of saving. So you would just say, okay, so this month I'm not saving 2000. That's going to go towards our vacation. That's fine. Yeah. I like that. That's cool. You have really good income and you have relatively low expenses for your income. So it's just a matter of like, whether you pay off your loans in 24 months or 26 isn't going to really make a big difference long-term. I think the key is I would not dump down your retirement. I would rather have you pay off your loans a month later. Honestly. Okay. Okay. Perfect. That's helpful. Just because that for you, I think because you were in school and and you did a good job saving with what, I mean, you saved a lot given what your income was while in school. And so I think now that you're in this high income position, I think the key is going to be saving for your retirement while you're Mm -hmm. in your 30s. And so, I mean, 40,000 for your level of education is not a lot and there's been no interest because of the COVID. So to me, whether you pay it off in 24 months or 26 or even 28, isn't going to derail any sort of financial goal. Beautiful. If that allows you to have another vacation, great. I would rather see you pay that in a month or two later and have a nice vacation because this is all preference, right? You know, they're going to put you on a payment plan to pay it off in 10 years. Mm -hmm. So if you get it paid off in like two and a half, you're still beating them at the interest game. Totally. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. You know, you're still winning at that. So they're not going to make a lot of money off of you because they had you paying for 10 and you're doing it in a fraction of the time. So you're going to turn 31. So by like 33, 34, you're done with your student loans and you have like a lot of flexibility in your budget at that point, right? You have no debt, you have great income, you're crushing retirement. So, and you have like 2000 free a month, like for whatever you want to do. That's a lot of money a month. Yeah. That's amazing. It's so cool to think about being able to be done with the student loans soon because they haven't been something that's necessarily been causing a lot of stress, but it's something where I'm like, okay, I know I have to deal with this eventually. So it's really exciting. So we've mentioned the 10 year payoff and we're going to do that quicker anyway. But I was just yeah. wondering in my head, the last time that I had a required payment really was before grad school because of COVID. So I don't even know what plans they would give me options for 
And I guess I can forecast that. They have different tools online. But I was just thinking, would it be ideal to potentially like choose whatever plan they give me with the lowest monthly payment so then I can do the biggest principal yeah. only? I think most likely you're not going to, I don't think you're going to be an income based, right? Yeah. Just of your income. My think is usually the standard repayment is a 10 year. Okay. I would just see what that amount looks like. I'm assuming it would be a couple hundred bucks a month, like two to 400 a month. Yeah. Four actually seems pretty high. I would say two to 300. Yeah. And so I would sign up for that one knowing that your intention is to do it. Like, we'll just say three years and three years. Cool. That's really helpful. Get that principal only payment in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, because student loans are notorious with like how much in, they, they're higher interest rates. And they also basically, if you don't pay the interest, they charge you interest on the interest, which is terrible. So you would just want to make sure that if in August they are going to start charging interest, that your payment is paying at least your interest payment right? So you're not paying interest on interest. So you would want to make sure the interest is covered and maybe a little bit of principal, and then you can add a principal payment on top of that. Yeah, absolutely. But then I think you'll beat them at their game because what they want people to do is pay the least amount, but you have to just check to make sure that least amount, you know, they won't say, oh, well, you only have to pay 250, but is the interest 350? Right. Right. And so I'm paying 250. Yeah, which is great. But I'm actually getting then I'm getting billed interest on interest, which nobody wants to do. I call that mob math. Like that doesn't <laughs> you don't want to pay interest on your interest. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. That's the reversed effect of compounding of interest, like in the most terrible way. So yeah, if they say, yeah, you can pay 250. But we're charging you then interest on interest. No, like you want to like make sure all of your interest is paid monthly, then a little bit of principal, and then you can do the rest on your own as a principal only payment. Beautiful. Okay, that's awesome. During grad school too, pretty much monthly, I kind of pretended to myself like I still had a monthly payment even though it was in forbearance so pretty much I was able to kind of chip away at it and nice which I'm really proud of it looks like my outstanding principal is 35,000 actually and then the accrued interest is now down to 1400 which I feel like is really great considering I've had these loans for almost 10 years oh my goodness I guess they started my freshman year yeah. almost 10 years ago oh wait so it's not even 40,000 it's not even a full 40 actually now that I'm looking at it we're at 36 oh my gosh which is great <laughs> yeah that's amazing that's two months off okay yeah you'll be able to get these knocked out yeah, so I would definitely keep extra cash because if they forgive 20, you only owe 16. Yeah. If you only own 16, you get that done in less than a year on your own. Amazing. Amazing. This is so cool. Yeah. Okay. You're in a great spot. So it's all going to be the way I would think about it is like you're going to be mindful of your budget in the near term just to get rid of the loans, which is a priority. Yeah. And then once that happens, it's like, where do you want your money to go? It's like completely up to you if you split the difference and say every month, I'm going to take an extra thousand for fun and a thousand for saving. I think it's always good to be saving. Like while this is a comfortable budget, I would continue to save after the loans are done. Yeah. But is it like save for an epic vacation or it's totally up to you how you want to allocate it? Right. Maybe one day I'll decide I want a newer car or something like that. Exactly. My happy little 2008 Prius is getting me by right now. So <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah. And that's why it's like always good to have that extra cash. Cause like, let's say you're like, I don't know what I need it for, but I'm just going to keep putting a thousand dollars away every month. Yeah. Well then when it's time to get a new car, you have cash on hand. You can put money down, you know, yeah. there's like, it's always really helpful helpful to have cash. Always really helpful. Awesome. Well, this was awesome. This was a great uh, episode, Lola. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's really great to get to talk to you, especially with this confusion around the student loan stuff coming up with maybe it's starting again. Maybe it's not. Maybe we're going to forgive it. Yeah. Maybe we're not. <laughs>
We're not going to tell you anything you need to know for your debt. We're just going to confuse you. Exactly. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. And for all of our lovely listeners, you can follow us on Instagram for our most up-to-date information. And you can find us at Future Rich Podcast. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.